You're listening to a sermon from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. For more sermons or information about our church, please visit ktnnaz.org or like Ketchikan Naz on Facebook. I think I'm going to pull a Pastor Peter today. Uh, do the kids get released today? Yes. All right. Run, go forth, be free. Finally, I'm going down. <laughs> what does that say about mom and dad? Freedom! Uh, I apologize for my voice. This is much better than it was two days ago. So God's been working a little bit. Uh, so if it cracks or anything like that, yes, I think I have passed puberty, but maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, let's pray. God, we know you're here. We know your spirit is, is living and moving in this world. And we want to take a moment to be still. To say thank you for being faithful. From even before when time began, you were faithful to us. And so, Father, this morning as we open your words, we ask that they become life, that they live and breathe inside of us and they create the person that you've wanted us to be from the beginning of time. God, we welcome you, we say thank you, and we look forward to what you do today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you on a journey today. If you're willing to go with me. Uh, it's a journey that began before time, but is played out every day of our lives. We're going to watch, it's kind of a long video, but it's a very powerful video. Uh, the first part, we're going to watch about eight minutes of it, and then we're going to watch the rest of it toward the end. But uh, let yourself, open yourself, let yourself see what the video is showing. Yeah, wow. Where did you where did you go? What did you see? What did you feel? In that dramatic presentation. You felt a little hopeless. Yeah, on a grand scheme of things, what in the world? What in the world's going on, but also, how can I even make a difference in that? Make a dent. But yeah. Where else? Where else did you go? A lot of people in pain. Probably even more than we even realize. Anxious to get to the end. Yeah, the dramatic pause right there. <laughs> You heard the gong. Ah, here it is. Oh, we gotta wait. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I go to a couple places every time I see that. Um, one place I go to in my mind, and it's and it. I mean, I can. I relive the smells. I relive 
the sounds. I relive every moment. Uh, is when I was in Uganda uh, visiting a hospital full of AIDS victims. Uh, and it, it wasn't just moms and dads. It wasn't adults, but it was, the majority of it was kids. Uh, and I go there and I think, you know, walking in, my first time I walked into that place, uh, and I don't even know if you can really call it a hospital to our standards of hospital. Um, my first, first time I walked in there, my first inclination was to walk right back out. Uh, because it was just like you cross a threshold. Out here, here's, here's my world that I'm used to. Here's everything that is, is great and dandy about living in a country that we get the privilege of growing up in. I cross the threshold and it's just like, whoa. Here's, here's real life for a large amount of people who mamas have to watch Mamas and fathers have to watch their kids die of AIDS and see that cycle repeated and repeated and repeated. Another wing of that hospital, um, I see the guy. Uh, I don't know, we'll just say that corner over there. Use that door as, a, as open windows. Um, I see the guy all by himself laying in his bed and uh, us asking nurse, the nurses what's going on you know why is he all by himself way over there and uh, the nurses were saying well just last night his hut burned down and he has third degree burns and so he sits by the windows by the breeze so that the air can help soothe just a little bit his pain and anguish because they don't have anything to give him. You know, here in the States, he's, he's in a bubble. He's, he's being protected from infection and that kind of stuff. And in Uganda, in that particular hospital, he's by the window so that the breeze could just come in and just give that little bit of relief. Another place uh, that I go to when I see that is is uh, well I'll tell you that story a little bit later on but amidst all of that amidst and, and it's very strategic to, to bring your emotions forward and all that kind of stuff but amidst all of that um, y'all touched it over here where's the hope where's the hope in this world and I'm more of a uh, facilitator, teacher, less preacher, so interaction is, is pivotal in this. But where's the hope? It's in God. It's in Christ. Uh, we say that, but what, is that, what does that mean? Having faith. Faith about what? That he's going to come and, and uh, we're going to get to live with him. Yeah. What else? What does that mean? We we say uh, uh, I like to pick on Christmas part of it because we you know we throw around those those little cliches. Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, he's the answer to the question. Uh, and a lot of times those 
There's some truth there, don't get me wrong. But if you don't subscribe to it, it's just a trite saying. So what's, where's the hope? We believe it's in Jesus, but what is that? how does that translate from, from our belief system, from our lives, into the lives of people that are caught up in the midst, in the middle of that right there? Yeah, yeah. There has to be, we want to believe that, that in spite of everything, God is working and he's moving. Um, I even just read on the, the BBC news on the internet yesterday, you know, Japan is outraged right now because of the Islamic State murdering one of their citizens now. And I, and you know, that's, that fits right into to the video and that fits right into to the idea that we can be overwhelmed so much by the hate and by the warmongering and by, by the uh, uh, animosity that this world has to offer. That we can slink back into a hopelessness that's saying, God, I just, like she's saying, God, I just... I just don't see it. I don't see your kingdom. What, what is going on here? I think Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 has something to say about that. And I want, I want us to, uh, to live in Isaiah, but I want us to also to, to flash forward to when Jesus goes to, goes to Nazareth and he stands up, he's, he's at the synagogue, he's worshiping, they hand him the scroll and it's the scroll of Isaiah 61. And so, I want you to see Isaiah, but I also want you to see Jesus standing up in front of everybody, saying these words. The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. Because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. I think about that passage often. Many of you know that I work at Wish. Uh, I'm the. Uh, I get the privilege to uh, to be their voice out in out in Ketchikan and the surrounding communities. Uh, and I say privilege for a reason because it is an honor to uh, to represent them. Uh, the work that they're doing. I should say we. The work that we are doing. Uh, 
Because we get to be in the middle of that. When a spouse is abusive to a husband or a wife or the kids and we get to step in and say here's a safe place for you to come and be um, and in many ways it's, a, it's an extremely difficult place to be because my, my, my sinful nature inside of me wants to just rise up and go retaliate and say oh you can beat a little kid really guess what happens when, he, when you get to feel it but I know that's my, my sinful nature in me. Uh, but more than physical, that's a spiritual place for me to be. Because I get to live out Isaiah. I get to live out the part uh, where it says... Bind up the brokenhearted. I get to see the success stories that maybe the, the, the culture doesn't get to see or the city doesn't get to see. I get to see the success stories of when, when a lady or a gentleman leaves for good and they don't go back. I get to see that and I think, yes, yes, finally we have a success but also that's a very spiritual moment because that's where God steps in and says, here it is. Amidst all of this pain, amidst all this suffering, here it is. Here's that hope. That yeah, I'm alive, I'm active, and I'm doing things. And it's working. Katie, what do you do? It's okay. You, you can tear up too. Jason go I'll get him when he comes back um, we'll go to you Jason what do you do okay no it is it is it is no not at all 
Not at all. We're going to have an awakening right here. Uh, okay, you work at a bank. Outside of that, spiritually speaking, what do you do at the bank? And so, so I, Jason, I don't want you to uh, uh, trivialize that at all. It's extremely important. What do you hear in the news right now about the state of Alaska? <laughs> it's bad. Budgets. Uh, and you hear that you get this overwhelming sense of this like dark shadow that's, that's over the state of Alaska right now because all we can think about, all we can talk about, and, and in some cases all of our jobs, even my job, relates to that. <laughs> A lot. Uh, and, you, and you get weighed down. How am I going to pay the bills? Is there going to be enough money this week? How am I going to pay my debts? And trust me, the world is good at creating debt. Which I believe is more of a spiritual stronghold than, uh, than a physical problem. That if we address that spiritually speaking, it, it may change. It could change. So when Jason talks about I work at a bank, I worked at a bank too, Jason. Uh, it was fun. All the fun people that walked through the door. Uh, even though Jason may, may see um, the physical problems of debt and, 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 and helping people to, uh, to overcome that or helping people to, to help their marriage by moving out of debt, that's something deeply spiritual. Deeply spiritual. Because it's the captives being set free. It's those who are being bound and saying, we can't, we can't, we can't do or meet or, or, or pay. And Jason comes in with the voice, the voice of God, and he says, it's going to be okay. You can get through this. You know, I want people like Jason working in the banks. Because he's, again, a different front. It's a total different front than what I work at, from what Katie Joe works at. Uh, and he comes from a different perspective that says, God's here. Take a deep breath. And let God and let's let God take care of this. Jason, yep, come on back. You're up. What do you do? I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse. You hear it? Jason said it. Jason, maybe it's just a Jason thing. Uh, but I'm a banker. I'm a nurse. What do you do, Jason? Take care of patients. Take care of people. Like how? Okay. Okay. Jason takes care of, of their medical needs. Uh, he's the guy that you want flying on the, uh, was it an airplane? Yeah. The jet? 
uh, as you go to Seattle or wherever you need to go to. Jason's the guy that's going to hold your hand. And he's going to tell you, it's okay. Now, if we played this out, which I won't because baby's there. Uh, but if we played this out with Jason, Jason again is hitting a different medical, uh, a different front. Uh, that is still very similar. Is Jason a nurse? Yes, Jason is a nurse. Does Jason do so much more than nursing? Yes. Because as you can see, his presence calms. Maybe not to mom, but, uh, but his presence calms. And he, and he brings, he doesn't just bring himself, he brings everything that God created him to be. To the, to the table, or to the stretcher, stretcher, sure, uh, to the stretcher, and says, uh, says it's going to be okay. And whether he verbalizes it or not, he's saying, God's right here. God is right here. Slow down. Breathe. And let's let God go to work. So amidst all of, and Jason, just like Katie, just like Jason too, because Jason, Gentry, you've seen, I can imagine, some pretty messed up stuff. Uh, can it be overwhelming? Yeah. It can be extremely overwhelming. Um, I don't know if I should ask this question or not. Uh, have you seen somebody die? Numerous times. And then at that moment, where do you go? It's, you know, for me, it's uh, in the profession, you know, you hope that, uh, you hope that their heart was, was right with the Lord, and you hope that they pass into eternity. And, um, but, you know, for me, Yeah. So, so let's put this together. So if, if I'm supposed, if we, if we are supposed to be followers of Christ, if we are supposed to be the ones that have this relationship with, with God that says, you know what, we look to today, but we also look to the future, and we know God loves this world. All who've ever been made, all whoever will be made, God loves this world. What does that mean for you and me? If Jesus, if you, if you read the Isaiah part, Isaiah 61, and you go over to, uh, 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 what is it, Luke? Yeah, Luke 4, it's the same thing. You know, Jesus, just reading the scriptures. Uh, he says, today I have fulfilled this scripture, or am fulfilling this scripture 
in your presence. If we're supposed to be followers of him, does it give, kind of give you a clue of what we're supposed to be about? We don't get to float from one holy huddle to the next holy huddle to the next holy huddle. We get the privilege, and I say privilege, of living in the world. And all that that means, because trust me, that can mean a whole lot of things. So it's our job. It's our calling. It's who we are to be the ones that get to go and bind up, to set free, and to be with. I'm going to add be with, because that just implies that we're in relationship with uh, a whole lot of people that may or may not ever think about coming to church on a Sunday. And there's one other aspect of this too. Uh, you can turn over to Romans chapter 8. We'll start in, uh, we'll start in verse 19. Romans 8. For the creation waits with eager longing... For the revealing of the sons of God. Let's just wait there for a minute. For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. So, not only do, do people wait for us to fulfill our destiny, Creation waits for my daughters to embrace who they are and to help heal the land. For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. And hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and attain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirits groan inwardly, inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our body. So part of who I am too is not only a, a uh, bind up the sick, set the captives free. Part of who you are is not only bind up the sick, set the captives free. Part of who you are is, is everywhere you step on this earth, you bring hope. You bring hope here and you bring hope to the earth because you represent, you are a child of God. And that's a message that we really don't 
hear a lot of. We may hear it a lot more in in uh, naturally uh, conservationist states. Uh, one thing that was extremely difficult for me when I first moved up here three years ago was the lack of recycling. In the state of Washington, you get charged, penalized. Uh, you have to pay more if you don't recycle. It's just the way the state has it. Uh, my wife and I moved down to Texas. Uh, everybody down there wastes. I can't say everybody. It's optional. Uh, but if you're, not so, if you're not environmentally conscious, then you don't really think about it that much. Uh, we came up here, and uh, it costs more to recycle than it does just to go buy your 24-pack of 16-ounce or 12-ounce bottles of plastic bottles and then just toss them away. It costs more, I think, in the short run than it does in the long run. But again, it goes back to who we are, who God has created us to be. We're bringers of hope. We're bringers of healing. We are the sons and daughters of God that, that says everywhere we go, everywhere we step, we get to represent that. And we get to tear down those, those, those strongholds that have been on this earth since the cursing. And we get to speak into it and say, no more. Not today. Not here. Not in this spot. This spot and this life is God's. Uh, let's, let's finish that. My, uh, first of all, I always tear up on that part. Uh, but my mind goes to my friend Alan. I met Alan um, almost 10 years ago um, down in Seattle. And uh, I was taking a youth group to go uh, work at a, at a men's uh, homeless men's shelter. Uh, we were feeding them dinner, and and uh, and more importantly, uh, the kids were learning that they're human beings, that they have stories, uh, that life. They didn't intend to be homeless. And so the kids would come and, and uh, they would serve them dinner. And, and, uh, and it was interesting because, uh, one, uh, we would get comments because the kids, we just said, hey, they're human beings. Listen to their story. Uh, it's an amazing story full of everything, the ups and downs of life. But the amazing thing here is, is the kids would look them in the eye and they would listen and they would be attentive to, uh, to, to their story. And, and the homeless guys would say, this was the first time anybody looked us in the eyes and listened to us. So I say all that. Uh, but I met Alan there. Alan at that time was, was uh, oh man, a 
upper 60s. And he, um, he was the night watchman. And so while the homeless man slept, Alan would stay up, pray over the people, and make sure that they were safe. And, and I met Alan. We, we headed off. Uh, really great friendship. And, and, he, and as we became better friends, he began to tell me his life story. And he goes, Matt, I was a Jew. He goes, Matt, I am a Jew. No, I was a Jew. Uh, I was like, oh, I would love to hear about that, Alan. So he would tell me about being raised as, um, as a Jewish boy. And tell me all about what his mom and dad did when he was raising up or being raised. And tell me about what it meant to be a Jew uh, in today's culture. And so I'm listening and he goes, and then um, I, uh, he goes, and then uh, God brought, I don't remember who it was now, somebody into his life. Uh, that told him about Jesus. And, uh, and so he, he told me about his conversion. Uh, he told me about how the Spirit worked on him. And, and now he, he gets to claim a Messianic Jew. And he told me, he goes, at that moment when I accepted Christ as, as the Messiah, he goes, immediately, I was shunned by my family. Because I had rejected, in their eyes, rejected them, their faith, and everything they stood for, and took on who Jesus was. And so he told me about that, and, and he told me, long story short, he told me about, about the reconciliation between him and his parents and all, all of that. But, uh, but the, the important thing here is that he goes, Matt, I chose to be homeless. I chose to be homeless. Because God wants me to be with these people here. And I got to thinking about that. He's got kids, they're older. He's got grandkids. A 67, 68, 69 year old man choosing to be homeless so that he can love a bunch of homeless men for the sake of Christ. And I got to thinking, I was, I, was, I was humbled being in his presence because I was thinking, man, I'm 30-whatever at that time. I don't even know if I could do that. If God called me to be, say, Matt, Matt, you and Julie need to go live a homeless life so that you can minister to the homeless people. And so as he, he would tell me these stories of, of all the things that happened when, when he embraced uh, his calling and and uh, uh, and all the men that he got to meet. And he goes, you know, most of these guys, they don't care one thing about Jesus. He goes, but I don't care about that. He goes, I, I care about loving them because that's what God's asked me to do. So whether they accept Christ or not, uh, he goes, that's not my, that's not my responsibility. He goes, but I'm going to be I'm going to be there and I'm going to be loving them. And even now we text 
I just texted him this week. Uh, see how life was going and, and that kind of stuff. But, uh, but I tell you that because I think of, I think of, of, of us answering the call. I think of us, us when, when God says, it's, it's, it's time for my people to raise up. To move out of our, our, uh, our comfortableness, to move out of our holy huddles, to move out of whatever it is that, that keeps us away from the world. And it's time for us to step out and go into the lives of, of whoever. I think of Alan. And I think, God, if I could just have as much faith and as much courage as Alan does, maybe I can make that first step and that second step. And it may be a little shaky. I may not know what I'm doing, which most of the time I don't. My wife can attest to that. Uh, but I'm, I'm moving. And God's saying, I've got someone for you to love, Matt. Are you willing to go there? Yeah. 
That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and that's it. Uh, I don't want to trivialize it and say it's that simple, but it's that simple. You make the step. It says, today, I'm going to embrace God's call in my life. Whether it's healing and, and to be at a place where, where you, can be, you can feel safe and relax Remember, for maybe the first time in years. And the thing here, uh, we can talk. I can talk a long time about this, but I can't. Um, the thing about this is, this goes way back. It goes way back past Isaiah. It goes all the way back to Abraham. And you could, you could even go back beyond creation. But we're going to go back to Abraham. And it goes back to the time when, when God said, Abraham. I need you. I need you to do something for me. And Abraham's like, "Yeah, whatever, God. I'll do it." Abraham, I need you to give me your son. I don't know what went through Abraham's mind. I'd sure like to know, because uh, I know what goes through my mind uh, when I entertain that question. Um. And God says this to, uh, to Abraham. We'll start Abraham 22. If you want to turn over there, Abraham. Genesis 22. Uh, starting with verse... Uh, um, we'll do 15. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. When we say yes to God's calling, in our lives, to go out and love people, to bring healing, to, to bind up, and to set the captives free. When we say yes to that, we get the privilege of fulfilling that promise God gave to Abraham. Did you ever think about that? That you are the answer? You are one of the answers. Jesus ultimately is the answer. There's another cliche. Uh, uh, but do you ever think about that? That you're the answer. When God said to Abraham, He said, the nations are going to be blessed. Yes, through my son. But through you, because you choose to stand up and say, yes, today, today heaven breaks in. Today heaven breaks into this world. And it says, I'm going to love my wife with reckless abandonment. The way God loves us. Today I am going to I am going to love that one person. We all have them. We may have more than one. That just gets on our nerves. And I'm going to love them with reckless abandonment, the way God loves me. Jason at work. 
Today's the day heaven breaks into these people's lives and they don't have to feel the bondage of being bound by finances, by debt. They can break free because Jason chooses to live there. So today, tomorrow, the rest of your lives, are you willing to be blessed? Are you willing to be the blessing that God calls us to be? Not for our benefit, but for the benefit of our friends, our family members, our neighbors, the homeless guys walking down the street. And I know you see them. I see them. The homeless ladies walking down the street. And I can even say, and this is something Katie can tell you lots about, there are so many homeless youth in this town that it is appalling that that we as as believers of hope we as people who profess to love God with everything that we have are not doing something about so my question my question to you as we end and as we sing are you willing to be that blessing that God want, wants you to be so that the kingdom of heaven can break in today. And not break in in just a little bit. I mean, break in in fullness. That, that uh, when people see you and they see what you're doing, they say, dude, what's that about? And where can I get some of that? I'm thinking of a song. What is that? My, did we just sing it? My chains are gone. We just sang it. (laughs) Can we sing that chorus? Sure. Because that's what it's about. We're proclaiming. We're proclaiming that not only do we believe in God who sets us free, but we are the people that help go out and set other people free. And bear in mind, we do that by the power of God and by the love of God. But, But we are the people that do that. Are you willing to seize it, to grab it, and go bless the world.